Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Welcome to episode 215 of Hobby Addicts. What? What? Welcome to Hobby Addicts. Mitsugi's here, of course, as you can see. And we have the, the tremendous MMs themselves. It's Mandy and Mason. <laughs> no matter how good your singing is, Mitz, you can't convince me to join in. I'll dance, but I won't sing. I, I can't. I didn't think the singing was all that good, but thank you. How are you guys doing? Did all right. I'd like some M&Ms right about now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> type of M&Ms? What is it? Is it the peanut? Is it peanut butter? Is it caramel? Is it pretzel? Is oh, it... no. Cookies what? and cream ones. Oh, cookies shit. And cr- How? There, there's no room. <laughs> there's no room. Mason Where do you put approve. the cookies and cream in an M&M? Inside of them. They make them. They must be know. so small. Tiny little Oreos. <laughs> It might be, I would say peanut, but if I'm going to have like a peanut, or like I would say peanut butter maybe, but if I'm going to have a peanut butter m M&M, and I'm just going to have Reese's Pieces, to be honest. So I guess I'm going to have to say peanut M&M's, but I generally don't think M&M's are that good. I don't know. That's just me. But what about us? Oh, you guys are fantastic. You, you heard what he oh, said. Okay. <laughs> Not you, guys are way be- you guys are way better than the candy. Anyway, Aww. guys, welcome to Hobby Addicts. Um, we have a shitload of, I think, I think these are all games, a lot of them. Prepare, prepare thyself for games because they are coming. Yeah, Mandy's I have got. A lot. Mandy has Glass Masquerade, Helltaker, Signs of the Sojourner, The White Door, Death and Taxes. That's the only two things in life that are guaranteed. Um, <laughs> Mand, uh, Mason just says video game gauntlet, so I don't know what that means. And I climbed Mount Shivano, and I have a story to tack onto that. If you guys don't mind, I'm gonna go first. I don't think it's gonna be all that long, but. A somewhat harrowing tale of um, heroism and and uh, and just pure anxiety. <laughs> you guys, I'm, I'm I'm buckled <laughs> in, so go for it. So we drove out to climb Mount Shivano. Um, it's again always a big uh, a big effort to get out there. We we were actually going to do Mount Shivano and Mount Tabe Guache, which is there are two mountains connected by a ridge line. So you climb up Shivano, then you walk this just rugged looking ridge line for about a mile. They get to the other peak, then you turn around, you come back, and then you go down the way you came, right? Um, so we drove out to like the middle of nowhere, like dead into the center of Colorado. It's a three hour and 15 minute drive. The night before, I slept in the car like usual, woke up at 4 a.m. sharp. Not the first people to get up to go to start the hike because I was woken at 3 a.m. by people that started at 3 a.m. and uh, couldn't fall back to sleep, so I didn't get much sleep. Um, was this the first time using the like in car bed shelf no, that you built no. it's like okay you used like it the before. fourth time oh i'm late to the party never mind viewers it's hanging it's hanging in there it's getting a little rickety i brought i actually brought my toolbox this time because i was like i might i may need to like put fresh screws into this thing because i don't think it's going to last all that much longer but we're going to use it till it dies anyway so we got up start walking and um it's a pretty pleasant hike i like I, I don't mind hiking in the dark i think it's fine we have headlamps it's not uh, my girlfriend katie she hates it uh, i think it's fine um, Katie tends to complain all the way up the mountain, and then when we get to the top, and, when we, and then when we get to the bottom, it's always like everything's great. But then when you're hiking it, it's like nothing but complaining. But this time she had a real complaint. So like probably 
20 minutes into the hike, she goes, I have this, I have a raging headache. And I'm like, oh, like, that's not good. Um, normally, if that would have happened near the top, I would have said, oh, ooh, altitude sickness, we got to turn around. But that this was, like, way at the bottom, like, barely, barely climbed at all. Anyway, we climbed the mountain, and this mountain's a little weird. Uh, unlike the one that uh, we did, Mason, where you just kind of walk up a hillside forever, basically. Um, this mountain, you kind of go around the mountain like a, like almost like a barber pole. You kind of like, you start off like way over on the, way over on the east and you kind of curl around the front of the mountain as you go up it. So you're kind of spiraling up it. And then so we got headaches, spirals, midnight hikes. I've read this Junji Ito story before my dude. I'm already getting anxious. <laughs> Will we, yeah. <laughs> will we both survive this hike? I should say, will Katie survive? Because I'm here. Were so, there people-shaped holes in the mountain? <laughs> oh, God. Sometimes there... We saw an underground prison on Mount Sherman. Oh, weird. Yeah, like li- <laughs> literally like a hole in the ground with like grates and shit and like keyholes. It was weird. Anyway, so this mountain's weird. When you get to like the saddle, which is basically like the base of the of a ridge between two peaks... We, we, we had already gone, we were already at 14,300, so there wasn't really much more to climb. We just had to climb up this, like, massive mountain of, like, pile of rocks, basically, kind of like what we did, Mason. Um, and uh, that was about it for the hike. But we knew we knew we weren't going to be able to do Tabe Guache because Katie was having a headache, and that was the hardest part of the hike, and I didn't want her to fall off the ridge and die. So we, 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 uh, we caught it quits at the peak. I threw um, my um, Cornelius, the podcast cat mascot, I threw the rest of his ashes up into the air on the peak, so he got a, an epic send-off. And then we, um, you know, hung out a little bit, looked around. I, I got up on a giant rock, which if I had fallen off that rock, I might not be here today because <laughs> the backside of it was definitely, like, a, probably 10 feet straight down. But um, And then we walked down, and it was really hard walking down it. You know, it's you feel like your body's being torn to pieces, again, like always, and... It's about a four-hour descent, and <clears throat> this one's this mountain was left. It's fourteen thousand two hundred and thirty-one feet, so it's the seventeenth tallest one. But it's, I mean, it's still really tall. And um, Katie twisted her ankle near the bottom, and um, you know she was crying and, and trying to just trying to keep her together until we get out of there. And my feet were just excruciating pain. When, when we got back to the car, Katie, um, we got, we got back at about three o'clock. So the whole hike took about. I don't know, 10 and a half hours. The, um, <clears throat> Katie goes to like the bathroom. They had like a little bathroom set up that was just hor- horrific inside. That was the true Junji Ito story with was the inside of the bathroom. There's like poop on the walls. Like, I don't know how people get poop on the wall. Oh yeah. It was wild. Um, I'm out there. I'm, meanwhile, she's in there dealing with that. I'm out there on the ground looking for the car keys. Um, dumping oh, the bags no. out, dumping out the bags, checking every jacket we brought, everything can't find them they're not there they weren't there um i come back out katie was already like pretty emotionally uh frizzled at that point and she just falls to her knees and just starts sobbing right there in the middle of the parking lot and there's people around and i'm just like oh my god what the fuck do i do uh, there's nothing you can do like we're we are in the middle of nowhere the, the nearest town is a, is an hour and it's got like 100 people in it um and and to even get where we are, you'd have to take a four-wheel drive vehicle like 30 minutes into the mountains. So there was no like, there was no like locksmith or Toyota dealership coming out here to like bail us out. So you're just you're just screwed if you you know lose your keys. So the keys were in the same ba- pocket on the bag as the as 
Cornelius's ashes. So our assumption was, oh, they're probably laying there on the summit. And the summit is, I mean, it's so far away and we're so beaten up at this point that it wasn't even a consideration to go look for them. Like sometimes if you lose your keys, it's like, oh, I'll just go walk back through the park where I walked before and look on the ground. Like you can't just forget it. Like it's not even a thing you can you can consider. <laughs> I don't know that I would. And if I had, even if I had gone up there and, and, uh, found the superhuman strength and just, um, willpower to get there, I wouldn't have been back to like midnight. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, bad situation. People in the mountains are really friendly. We had like three different people offer to drive us into the town. Um, they were all kind of like not trying to hang around a long time. So I was, you know, being polite. I'm just like, okay, no, you know, I was like, you know, you guys, you guys are really great for offering that, but I don't want to hold you up. Just we'll figure it out, you know, whatever we have to do. And, you know, so people come and go, um, Katie divulges that there's a spare key in the car. So, um, we're thinking about the spare key in the car. And then this other guy comes over and he's like, you know, this happened to me once on a camping trip. He's like, it's one of these, like just guys who likes to talk a lot. He's like, oh, it happened to me a lot on a camping trip. And, uh, you know, I had a, we, me and my students, we smashed a car window once to get the spare key. And it only cost you about $200. And I'm thinking, well, that's not so bad. But, you know, the keys had um, the Toyota key, the key fob for the Toyota, the key fob for the apartment complex where Katie lives, the mailroom key, the Katie's apartment key, and my apartment key. And we had no spare apartment keys. So not only were we not getting in the car, we weren't getting into the apartments. And so, so I was, I'm thinking hmm, $500 probably to replace everything. You know, I'm like, that's pretty horrible. Not the end of the world. I'd rather pay it and just get out of here at this point. So I'm about 20 seconds from just picking a rock up off the ground and just smashing through one of the windows. I've never done that before, but I kind of think it'd be fun. <laughs> probably be pretty fun actually. Um, and, um, right as I'm about to just say, fuck it and do it. We hear the unlock noise on the car and Katie's face is just like one of like, what is happening? He's looking around like, Oh, What's going on? Some woman found the keys on the summit and walked them all the way to the bottom. And right before I was getting ready to just smash the side of the car open, she shows up with the keys and saved us. And Katie just gets up, runs across the parking lot and just like dive bomb hugs this girl and just goes, how could kiss you right now? And I'm basically on my knees just like in disbelief. Um, so just a wild fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my hands were sweaty during that story. <laughs> I mean, just wild. Like it went from just just catastrophe level, you are fucked, to everything's fixed all at once, and it was just a wild moment. Um, and I think now we're gonna like maybe we're gonna bring the spare key to the car, and then in the second the other backpack, and then probably I'm gonna literally bury the keys down in the down down in the backpack like below the micro spikes below the spare jackets below the food everything um because it is yeah <laughs> I, I have to imagine in those backpacks though there has to be some like small compartment for like this is an area that you will never unzip you will never need to access on the hike well there's all i mean i have a pretty nice one it's a red osprey it's pretty nice mm -hmm. Um, it has a billion pockets oh, and hooks. It has, it has hooks for hiking poles. It has hooks for everything. But, you know, we didn't use those. <laughs> we just had them in the, the outs, one of the outermost pockets. Them. Yeah, just throwing caution to the wind, I guess. It was in there with the, with the toilet paper and the sunscreen. Uh, so, yeah, so it was wild. But that was our 10th 14er. We have now done 16%, um, about 16% of the 14ers. And... Um, we're planning to do Mount Sherman 
two weeks from now, we're going to reattempt it. First time we tried to do Sherman, we couldn't do it because the road was frozen over. And we didn't want to walk three miles each way in the snow to even get to the point where you're normally supposed to start the hike because they're, they're, tough, they're tough to begin with. And you add six miles of walking, and it's a lot more. And the second time, the dog's feet were bleeding. So we're going to try it again, and I think Sherman will be a much easier hike than this one than this one was. Um, and uh, this this mountain was very un, unexciting. I mean, it was it was a weird geography going up, but the peak wasn't particularly beautiful compared to others. The Mason, we had a much better view where we were, um, and and the coming down sucked. Like it was a lot of that loose gravelly shit that we had to walk down. But you just slide, you're sliding around. Yeah, I fell really hard on my side on a rock, which doesn't normally happen. Um, so not much fun. Not one of our favorites at all. Um, but but we but we got to cross it off the uh, the list. So. Uh, so if you needed to go back up to hit Tabe Guache or whatever it was called, would you? Is there a different path that you could take right. up that slope? So there are some, eventually you'll need to knock it off your list, right? Yes, you're correct. So there's some mountains where you have no other choice. Like there's one called Mount Oxford, where I believe um, climbing Mount Oxford by itself is like almost impossible. So the way you do it is you climb up Mount Belford and then you walk from that to Oxford. Tabe Guache is not like that. So you can go up Mount Tabe Guache on the other side of the whole mountain. Um, it, has an, it has a different route up. So we will be able to go back and <clears throat> not have to rehike up the godforsaken Mount, Mount Shivano. <laughs> there were a lot of people out there. I mean, it was... I'd say we probably saw close to 250 other people. I mean, it was... You don't, you don't feel like it's crowded because the mountain is enormous, but... You know, we had like a party of like 10 people pass us once. I was like, wow, that was like a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. All right. So that's my story. So um, more to come later on, I'm sure. So let's see here. We have, uh, let's just start with, why don't we just go through a couple of these games Mandy's got and we'll see about this video game gauntlet and then we'll go back to Mandy for, you know, to round up the, the non-favorites. So Mandy, you have a lot of games here. Which one of these did you enjoy the most? Um, actually, I don't think all these will take very long. Some of them are very short. These are okay. all um, little indie games. Um, I bought the... I've been buying a lot of the charity bundles that have released recently. Uh-huh. And so I have like 2,000 new games. Oh, my God. <laughs> and like the one that was on itch.io, that one got up to 1,700 games in there. And then I got the hum- Humble Bundle one. And so I've just been trying to play, just pick out random ones that looked interesting to me and try them out. Two of these are not in that bundle, but three of them are. Ah. Uh, the first two that I have on this, I've had on my list for probably like three or four hobby addicts now. <laughs> and I just, I just kept getting it pushed back. But, um, Glass Masquerade is available on Steam and I think it's also on Switch. And this one is a like a very relaxing, very casual puzzle game, literal puzzle game. It's literally about just a jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> and it's by developer Onyx Loot. Oh. And uh, it's you go through different areas of the world, different countries, and uh, each country has a stained glass <clears throat> excuse me stained glass puzzle that you put together. Oh. And so. And that's pretty much all it is. It's just a jigsaw puzzle, and each puzzle, uh, the stained glass uh, art, uh, has something to do with that uh, country's culture. And uh, each puzzle has different uh, 
difficulties to it. And all of the puzzle pieces are on these rotating wheels on the outside. But you can't see the colors or the patterns on them. They just show up as black. So uh, it's kind of like a kind of guessing game while you're like... It, it's, it's a little bit harder than just your, your typical kind of jigsaw puzzle where you work on the outside and then work on uh -huh. the, you know, work from the out to in. It's a little bit different where uh, it has like anchor points, like four anchor points with beginning pieces that you put on the board. And then after that, it's pretty much just I kind of just picking puzzle pieces out, seeing where you think it might uh, be able to fit in. And then until kind of like trial and error to you find. So you start, you know getting more and more pieces on the board but they're all all of the stages are timed so it's kind of like your own personal uh goal if you want to try and do it again and get a faster score okay and i think that's what's nice about it having the puzzle pieces blacked out is that there is a lot of replayability in there because you're not able to see the pieces so even if you knew what the, the final picture looks like it's uh the pieces i constantly change so it's still like uh you could do better the next time but um yeah it's very relaxing very very casual it's uh, kind of just a nice thing to try out if you are just trying to relax <laughs> and uh the music is also really nice it's by a composer called nikita Sav savonev i'm sorry if i mispronounced that but the music that he is a um, composer and he used the Budapest Symphony Orchestra to Ooh, do the music for it. For a puzzle and game? It, it, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It sounds really nice. It's That's very a, nice. But I think my problem, my only problem with it is that it doesn't the I kind of wish that the uh, background sounds had or the background music had something to do with the. Uh, country that you're in because it'd be nice if you had like a little bit of like uh, a, like the music had a bit of a Japanese feel to it when you're in Japan mm, or yeah. you know any of the other countries but it's kind of just the same track over and over but it is really it's still really nice to listen to so it's a very very relaxing game to just sit back and just uh, mess around with <laughs> would you recommend th that game over just doing a normal puzzle well, it doesn't cost money. Well, I mean, it does cost money, but like you don't have to constantly buy more and more puzzles. And I think there's far more replayability with it than a normal jigsaw puzzle where okay. you can see the picture, see the final image. Well, you can always do puzzles upside down. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could. I, 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 guess it make, <laughs> I guess it makes sense that they put a lot into the music because I imagine in a puzzle game where there's like... I don't know, not a lot else to focus on. Like, the music's probably a little more important than, than, than yeah. in most games. So, that's pretty For cool. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one that I played was called Helltaker. Ooh. And this one is completely free, and you can download it on Steam. It's just a cute little puzzle game. Um, you are just a guy known as Helltaker who decided that he wants a harem of demon girls. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know. That's what I thought. I thought of you. Googling. <laughs> But this is by developer Van Ripper, and it's a state um, stages stage based puzzle game where each stage uh, has like a timer on it for relating to how many steps you can take. And the goal is just to get from the beginning part of like where you start down to the demon girl, yeah. and um, and each action that you take can take uh, points away from your from your actions. So uh, you. Like moving one step takes up an action. If you kick 
a monster out of the way, like a skeleton. If you kick him, it takes up two. If you hit, get hit by spikes, it takes up like two. So the just it's just a very simple puzzle game where you, you just have to get through the stage to get down to the demon girl. When you get to the demon girl, she will ask you a, que- a question and then you have two options. One of those options leads to death and the other one gets her into your harem. Yeah. And the death one, you just start the level over again. So it's like, you better remember what you did to get there because you could lose it all <laughs> by making a dumb mistake. And uh, and while you're playing, there's also the possibility of talking to your harem and asking them for advice. And sometimes they'll help you. Sometimes they will not help you. <laughs> sometimes they'll say, hey, you should ignore all the skeletons and just go try to find a way around them. Some will say, you should you know kill the skeletons and that will help you get to her faster and some of them are just like fuck it you know what i'm just gonna kill you (laughs) what (laughs) it's really cute i love the artwork in it and the um the community around it has so many artists have picked up all of their designs and just made so many fan art of fan art pictures of them and it's just so cute i think they i love their designs and um I don't know if I said it, but this is by developer Van Ripper. But yeah. um, that's completely free on Steam, so you can just download it. The, the, the little guy you play as, he look, he's, his cartoon avatar kind of looks like Elvis. I don't know why. It reminds it me of Johnny Bravo. <laughs> oh, yeah, or Johnny Bravo, true, yeah. yeah. It, it looks- oh, yeah, and also the uh, stages are all sprites, like sprite art. And then when you talk to a demon girl, it will have like their cartoon image of them that you speak to. Yeah, it has like a cute, like old arcade like Bomberman look or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty neat. If it was on PlayStation, maybe I'd get it. I want to have a harem. <laughs> w- wasn't the uh, the Satan in the anime Hells, wasn't that just like Elvis, Johnny Bravo kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, maybe, I think so. Maybe that's where they got it from. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really cute, and I love looking at all the fan art. But man, the, something about the art in it just took off really well with uh, just artists all over the internet, and they've made so many cool pictures of them. It's really cute. I just set, but, one, um, I just set one as my wallpaper. Aw. <laughs> Uh, so those are the two that were not in any of the bundles that I got. Um, I see. The rest of these were in the itch.io bundle and um, that I talked about a few weeks ago. And um, the first one was called Signs of the Sojourner. And this is also available on Steam if you did not get the uh, bundle for racial justice on the itch, itch.io. Uh, if you did, then this one's in here and you could find that if you if you bought the bundle if not it's a ve- it's like twenty dollars on steam and uh this one's a very laid back um uh kind of card building narrative game it's really interesting i've never played another game like it but it's by developer echo dog games and the story in it is that you um your family owns a traveling caravan that just travels around and collects items and comes back and sells them but your mother passed away recently and so now you have to take over the family caravan and uh travel from place to place to place and when you speak to people you are given cards to uh kind of form your responses and each card has a symbol on the left and the right side and lining up the symbols so how it plays is that you play a card and the uh person you're talking to plays a card and you're trying to always match uh from the left and the right sides of the cards so that way you're 
conversation is going in a positive direction. If you miss a, if you align two different symbols, then that hits like a bad part in your conversation with them and some kind of hiccup. And then uh, after you finish a complete set of good conversation cards, uh, they'll say something replying to you about uh, either trading or uh, even unlocking some parts about your mother and some parts about your family that you didn't know. And, uh, you know, it'll progress in a positive way. If you make a hiccup, then they might get, just get mad at you and just leave. So the, you are given so many choice, so many chances. And there is a uh, bar at the top with like three li- or like not always three. I'm sorry. There's like little gray dots that sim- that symbolize the good um marks that you have to make so like if one has like three little gray marks then you have to get you have to get through this three times positive uh, if it has like and then it has like these little black marks and those um symbolize like bad parts of the conversation so you're only allowed to mess up as ha- as many times as the black marks are and uh yeah i mean it's very laid it's very easy very laid back and uh the goal is just to collect as many items traveling around talking to people as you can and then um after the entire journey you come back and sell them and then you make money off of it and then uh there it's a deck building game so every time you have a wow. conversation with somebody at the end, uh, it will give you three cards that that person had in their uh, inventory, and you have to take one and replace one of your cards with it. You can't avoid it. Um, I think if I really like the setup that I have, what I usually try to do is try to take a match that is very similar to another one that I have. Like if, say, if they, were, they had a card with like a triangle and a circle on it, then I will replace it with one of mine that has a triangle and a circle. But um, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And you're like, crap, I had a really good setup here, but I have to get rid of something and replace it. (laughs) But um, as you go on, more cards get more effects on them. Some of them will have an eyeball that will reveal the other person's hands. You can see what they have. So you could try to put up matches so they have something to match with you. Um, there are some that will let you just wipe your hand and draw new cards. There are some that will like let you interject where you put the card in between two other cards because normally you can only put it at the end of the series. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ones like that. And I think, um, I don't know, it's very interesting. I've never played a game like that before. I've played a lot of visual novels and I've played a lot of like narrative driven games, but nothing that combined like visual novel with um, deck building. And uh, it's really interesting and also you also pick up uh fatigue cards on the way where if you've been traveling for a while without resting it'll put a fatigue card in your deck where it does nothing you can't use it it just takes up a spot so uh if you draw cards you get a fatigue card you're like well shit i can't use it on anything (laughs) so the best way to get rid of those is to rest and i'll take them out of your deck it looks neat but yeah Yeah. it's really cool and it has a very interesting kind of cartoonish style to it um yeah no i really I've been really enjoying that one a lot, and I've been playing that one on and yeah, off. You took the words literally right out of my mouth. I was about to comment on the the style of the art. So, yeah, it's pretty neat looking. I wonder how do you, how long do you know how long it's going to be? I'm not sure. Yeah, All I right. haven't looked it up. All right, I guess I could probably none of these games are on PlayStation. I'm guess I'm just mm. guessing. I could always. Yeah, I check. don't think so. Hmm. But uh, yeah, there's that one. Um, do you want me to go with the other two, or did you want to move to Mason real quick? Uh, you can keep on going, because these are all newish games that people want to hear about. I'm talking about 
stuff that is years old. So keep on going. Keep on going. <laughs> All right. Well, the other one is called The White Door. And uh, there's not too much to say about this one. It's by the developer Rusty Lake. So it is a Rusty Lake game. And I always play Rusty Lake games because they're crazy puzzle games that are just so messed up. <laughs> And I get addicted to them. I just, they're so crazy and I love them. But um, I, and I know I have talked about Rusty Lake games on this Hobby Addicts before in the past. Um, So it's a very long running series of uh, puzzle games where kind of point and click puzzle games, but they all have kind of like sort of like a psychological horror element to them. I, I, I'm, I'm, hesitant to say horror because it's not scary but you always get the feeling of unease and that something really messed up is going on <laughs> like the very first mm. game that i played and i think it's the first in the series is called rusty lake hotel where you are um, working at a hotel and all of the guests are animal people and then but every night you get the task of preparing a meal for everybody it, but one of the ingredients is always one of the animal people. So you have to go to their room <laughs> whoops, and solve, and solve puzzles to kill them and serve them to all the other guests. Oh, my God. That's really, that's really morbid. I love That's it. what I'm saying. These games have, like, very cartoonish style to them where it looks a little, like, innocent. But there's something always really fucked up about them in the background. Yeah. <laughs> there is another one about a whole family of people. And this whole family is messed up. And one of them is like a, a psychopath murderer. And all there's just so much stuff that you uncover in that family that was so messed up. And then as you go on, you start realizing that all of the stories are kind of related to each other, where it'll have references to each of them. Like in the first game, um, Mr. Deer, you see him throughout the entire game. Like, I, I've seen him in every Rusty Lake game where he's kind of like the the uh, image of the game or the image of the company, I think. But it's crazy. But so, of course, I saw a Rusty Lake game in this bundle. I'm like, I have to play that first. <laughs> so I played it. It's very, very short. And this one is like the others, a point and click uh puzzle game and it's the story of a man who wakes up in a mental health facility and he has no memory of how he got there and uh your goal is just to try and uncover the secrets of why he is in here and to restore his memory and it gets really weird where at first you're going just through the cycle of the day it has like a list of this is what you have to do today and you have to do them in order to progress the next day and then starts becoming a routine but each time you go through this routine something else kind of very weird happens like uh for example one night they served me a dead rat on a plate (laughs) it just gets really weird and that's gets every game it starts out seeming normal and then just dissolves into madness (laughs) and uh yeah they're all really crazy and each between each day you get a little bit of a backstory on this guy's life and like um how his relationship was going with his wife or i think it was his wife i can't remember his wife or his girlfriend and then how that was dissolving and how his whole life is just falling apart and how it led him to this mental health uh help mental health facility and it's just crazy <laughs> but uh yeah i always enjoy rusty lake games because they're very short and very weird yeah definitely sounds, um, definitely sounds pretty interesting uh 
Now, the last one, Death and Taxes, is, is what I've been playing this week, and I've been having so much fun with it. And I was playing with it, I was playing it very, like, shortly before we even started. So, in Death and Taxes, you start off as a brand new Grim Reaper. <laughs> and you even get to kind of customize what your Grim Reaper looks like, which is kind of cool. He's new on the job. And... Yeah. <laughs> and then when you go in, you meet your boss and your boss says that you are here to decide who lives and who dies. And so you go into your office and set up like just a normal office. It's like you have paperwork and you have a your little death pen. And uh, as you go on, you can collect items to put on your desk and kind of like little decorations. And uh, you go through all the paperwork and each paper has a different person on it. Their profile has like their name, their age, their position and a little bit about them. And you have a goal every day and your goal is like this many people have to die. And then sometimes it'll get harder where it's like so many people below the age of 30 have to die don't worry there's no children in this so (laughs) that was one thing they told you in the very beginning i asked him like what about children he's like don't worry you don't have to worry about them i was like oh good (laughs) but uh and then it just becomes um I don't know it's it's interesting because your choices always matter. It's like, do you want to follow the rules that they are giving to you, or do you want to be a little rebellious? Because sometimes it's a hard decision. You're like, wow, this person seems like a really good person. Do I feel comfortable making them just die? And uh, every day you have a Twitter app that you look and it'll show you news on what happened to the world after. Uh, your work the last day. So if you killed a nurse, maybe there is a big pandemic and now a lot of people died because of you. So mm-hmm. your choices always matter. And uh, it gets really interesting where um, I at first I was just following the rules. I was like, well, you know, I'm death. I'm just going to follow the rules and do exactly as he tells me. I'm going to kill as many people as he tells me to. I'll follow the rules for like, uh, like it'll say like this many people in um, the health like industry have to die or this many people and like uh, taxi drivers have to die, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I was like, OK, I'll try to make the best choices possible. So I I was like killing murderers and uh, like all kinds of just bad people and trying to keep the good people alive while also following the rules. And then it got to a point where my boss was questioning me where he's like, wow, you're just a really good drone, aren't you? You don't have a rebellious bone in your body. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so it made me start feeling like I was playing the game wrong. What does your I was boss to say? What is can, can you go above and beyond and just wipe out everyone? Get them yeah. get promoted. I asked him that. I asked him that, and he said, uh, "No, only kill as many people as it tells you to. If you get too rambunctious and start killing a lot of people, he gets mad. And uh, your pay at the end of the day is determined by how well." of a job you performed. So if you killed everybody, you're not going to get any pay. And if you also don't kill anybody, you don't get any pay. And um, I did learn that cats are evil. Oh. Very evil. Yes, because, thank you. Spoiler, uh, one day the cat stole all of my paperwork and I got in trouble. <laughs> and I don't know if there's something I could do to prevent that, but that cat was very upset with me and stole everything. And I was like, well, and then I got in trouble for it and didn't get any money. <laughs> and uh, there is a store down at the bottom of the um, building where 
you can spend the money that you gain from every day's work to try to buy items to put at your desk. You can buy things to customize your Grim Reaper character. I got a Cthulhu mask. So now my head is a Cthulhu guy. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. Um, I'm curious what else is going to happen because if you make really poor decisions, you could end up just destroying the entire world. What is your <laughs> what what does a Grim Reaper's boss look like? I'm kind of curious. It just looks like a normal businessman. What? Look up look up pictures of it. Yeah, what? he's sitting there with glasses and a cat. I'm thinking like <laughs> the devil or you know whatever, but nope. You got me. His name is Fate. Fate. The devil, Johnny Bravo, Elvis. You know. But there are a lot of pop culture references in there too. I had one profile for a guy that was Markiplier. <laughs> So there are definitely people in there that are like, oh, I get it, streamers. Or like some other kind of celebrity where it's like a fake version of their name. It's just, it's silly, but also makes you think about your choices a lot. It's like, hmm, do do I feel really bad about what I'm doing? Because your boss will talk to you every day after every every day that you work he'll talk to you about it and evaluate evaluate you and he starts asking you questions like do you feel bad and you get the options to say yeah i feel awful for killing so many people or you can just say nah i'm good <laughs> so it's completely up to you and which but, one were you yeah uh for a while i was like nah i'm good it's my job <laughs> now i feel bad <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting and I'm curious to see what happens as I go on. I don't know if I've been doing a good job or a really bad job. We'll find out, I guess. It sounds like a tongue in cheek version of papers, please. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm enjoying it and I can't wait to play more. All right. Well, I'm sure someone uh, definitely got some good, good recommendations from that list. Mason. Yeah. What is this gauntlet that you have written down here? Um, yeah, so I've been doing a whole bunch of activities with the family, but I guess I'll just talk about games today because that seems to be on brand. So I've been playing uh, a couple games, and I figured more than... These are all kind of older-ish games, so I figured I'd talk about them and just say what I like or not like about them. Um, the first up was Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Ah. This is the... Castlevania, but not Castlevania, wink, wink. Actually, it's Castlevania, the Igarashi game that was kickstarted a couple <laughs> yeah. years back that actually just passed one million copies sold. So probably one of the top, if not the most successful Kickstarter of all time in tr- terms of like providing the, the service, the product that people wanted. So wildly successful across the board. And... I'm kind of a big fan of these games going back and forth, picking up yeah, hints. I mean, I like Hollow Knight kind of fixed that. Obviously, some of the, all the Castlevanias I've played, some of the Metroids. So I had my hopes when I heard about the Kickstarter. And when I first you know, saw how it looked, I thought it looked awful. I thought the visuals, it kind of has this like weird 3D, 2D mix of things. And it looked just kind of stilted and it looked unbelievably floaty and if you've heard me talk about games before the, the feeling of how it is to play a game is probably one of the most important things for me so i was like oh this game just looks your character sliding all over you like will turn and she has like this extra movement to it that just looked muddy and gross 
but I, you know, had the chance to pick it up for PlayStation. And while I think it's probably best on the Switch, like having it in that handhold state, yeah, uh, play, PlayStation is just what I got it for, and uh, it's pretty darn good actually. I'm really enjoying it. It's okay. Castlevanias are probably the only game that I can think of where you can accidentally beat it because there's so many like good or bad endings and you're just going around the castle and all of a sudden you can accidentally run into the final boss and beat him and the game's like hey you won I mean you didn't do what we asked and you failed everyone and you <laughs> got the bad ending but congrats you won and I'm like no I didn't mean to I I was just <laughs> poking around and I don't have I can't think of any other game where it's just like okay you did it but try again um there yeah. are so yeah go ahead it got rec- this game got recommended to me a while back um but uh i don't know i just haven't picked it up yet so i'm kind of glad to hear that you that that you thought it was enjoyable and maybe i'll yeah it's it's definitely better than i thought definitely it absolutely scratches that itch that all those games do where you just you see the map keep on getting more and more completed and you find new enemies that are pretty fun to hit um the, the only bad thing about the enemies is there's one enemy in the game called the blood grinder and every time you kill one it goes like obnoxiously longer than you think it should (laughs) and there are quite a few of these so eventually you just kind of get used to tuning it out but it is kind of silly um (laughs) there's a bunch of like typos and grammar issues in the game and there's a like there's like rings where it says oh you get like plus one defense plus one constitution but that actually isn't what it gives you like the stats don't match what it says it does and it's just like stuff that probably just isn't that top layer of polish that a maybe a full studio game is i don't know i don't think it's really excusable but it at the same time doesn't hamper the experience so i'm fine with that uh the biggest thing that i wish it had which i kind of got used to with hollow knight is a lot of times you know there's more to an arena or a room than what's on the screen and sometimes you have to jump up or down to where you can't see and Uh in hollow knight with the right analog stick you could kind of have your character look down or look up a little bit to kind of like judge where you're leaping to but in this game it's like no you can only see Mm -hmm. what you see and sometimes you just have to make a blind jump and hope for the best which isn't really fair in this state so honestly it's super addicting it's really easy to just pick up and get into and if you can find it for cheap i would recommend it so it is probably pretty cheap though isn't it it was like 15 bucks yeah it can't be it can't be too bad yeah yeah i think even on playstation like a couple like a year ago i think it was only like 20 dollars. so it's probably not yeah okay if if you like those style of games it has definitely been more appealing than what I thought, despite the couple visual, audio, and grammatical missteps. Most of the game is pretty good. Um, the other game that I picked up, and I'll go through this one pretty quickly, is uh, Monster Hunter World, which oh boy. a lot of people I know were really into uh, a couple years ago when it came up. I mean, still, it's a game that people play regularly with co-ops and daily challenges and expanded content. And it's definitely a game that seems to get better the more you invest into it. So that being said, I I couldn't stand this game. I, I had such oh no. I had so much trouble. Like I had fun at the beginning. I made my character. I made a, a version of Foes from Land of the Lustrous. 
know, I, I gave her all the, the hair and she was a great little gem girl. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to go beat up dinosaurs. Yeah. And right off the bat, in the same way that Bloodstained is so satisfying to control, the there's so much floatiness and sloppiness in Monster Hunter World. And it just, it never really feels like you're in control of the character to like moments where you go to like a chest and it says press X to open the item box. And if you're not right up on it, X is also the crouch button. So even though the game is like press X to open box, you'll press X and your character will crouch. And there's not really a lock on system in the way that I'm used to. So it's very easy to start a combo and just sail past what you're looking for. And this is kind of okay when you're fighting big old monsters because you know if you sail past the front leg you still have this whole titanic creature to hit with your sword or weapon or whatever you choose so you'll, you'll probably be okay but the beginning of the game just throws all these small enemies at you and i was whiffing way more than i was making contact and it was kind of frustrating and the game tells you nothing not in like a dark souls oh it's mysterious it's lore kind of way it just gives you bars and you're like ah i don't know what this bar does and you hit stuff and it fills up is that good is that bad how do i stop it and it even though it has the tutorial section which is nice and lets you try out the vast variety of weapons they give you it still doesn't explain much and it's yeah i don't know it's just not i, I wasn't engaged with it and i i can absolutely see once you learn the systems once you learn the mechanics once you find that weapon that you really dig with it could get good. I just, I don't know. I could not dig with it. The camera was awful. The looting system is terrible. You kind of just hold a square button and wait for it to be done, but it doesn't tell you how far you are, so you're just kind of waiting. Uh, and, of course, it's a game with online features and daily sign-ons, and that's just not my kind of game. Uh, this game seems to just kind of be wasteful of the player's time with the grinding involved and just, I don't know. I just didn't felt feel like it would be a game that was worth getting through that 40 hours of initial playthrough for it to click i will say fair this is a very long-running game series so this has been around since the very like ps2 and psp so a lot of the things that you are mentioning are things that have been in every single game because they haven't really they've upgraded the uh, gameplay with each game and I, I think this one feels the best out of all of them but um, a lot of that I mean it's the it's the fans that are being recycled from game to game to game so it makes sense that they wouldn't run you through an entire tutorial of it because this isn't the game that you should probably start out with if you're wanting to get into Monster Hunter and it's, it's funny oh sorry go ahead go ahead Oh, it's okay. I was just going to say, like, um, it was definitely meant for fans of the series, I would say. And uh, I think, a like, like say, Pokemon, for example. Whatever Pokemon goes through the entire tutorial at the beginning, is like, this is how you catch a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> People get really upset and hate that shit going over and over and over. So I understand that tutorials being off in the very beginning like default i completely understand why that is because people just want to get in and get into the game are not going to want to sit around with that shit so the tutorials in this game are completely optional yeah so you can have details there speaking of tutorials they give you a thing of words sometimes on how to do something and you hit a button to exit and then it gives you another prompt that says do you sure you want to exit the tutorial 
that was super annoying. That was just another thing that just felt like it bogged the game down. And you can have tutorials on the side. And I get that it's a long-running series. And pretty much everything online that I've read is that this is the best Monster Hunter to jump into. So I was like, I mean, I, I can pick up things as they go along, but this game does not tell you anywhere what a lot of this stuff means. And you have to go online to be like, ah, what does this mean? What does this represent? And there were so many good things about this game that were new. Uh, the poogies, the little pigs that you pick up, oh, they cute. were great. The cat they're chefs. All the games that they're the not The cat new. chefs were amazing. <laughs> Those those are great, and I do like that there is a training zone to encourage, you know, trying stuff out and learning the game, similar to the the undead Hanbei from Sekiro. But if it doesn't help anything, while I did like those touches, I just I don't know. So obviously this is a Mason would need to play the game more to fall in love with it, but I don't think Stockholm syndrome is an appealing trait. So. I, I get why people love it. I get why it has fans. I get the passion, but it's just not a game for me. I played it, too, uh, when it first came out. Oh, and it's okay. I, I mean, I played it, too, when it first came out, and <clears throat> I don't have um, any recollection of any, like, pinpoint things that really turned me off or onto the game specifically, but um, I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't really click with me, and then, um, like, other games came along, you know? And I can't remember what, I can't remember what game it was that kind of supplanted this one, but... Um, yeah, I just kind of stopped playing it and then never really missed it. But I don't know. It could be just be one of those things where, like Mason said, I was a, a new player to the game and jumping into this one was maybe difficult or maybe it was just too time consuming. I'm not really sure, but but I know people love it. So it's very, it's definitely a very time consuming game. This is what I've been playing for the entire week, and I've been trying to catch back up because I play it a lot with uh, people in our community. We have a community uh, guild uh, just called AAA Podcast, and uh, yep. um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think you were in there too. I, yeah, we played, back we in played the day. it together for a bit mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah, and Enzo was in there, and uh, uh, we all played together. Chibi Rob and Icy were all in it, and oh, yeah. um, Icy and Rob continued to play it very um like kept up to date with everything and uh, i think around that time i can't remember what it was something else got my attention and i fell off of it and so i came back and i'm trying to catch up to iceborne content so i can play with them again <laughs> and uh so it's been a, a really long track but um yeah i started playing i started using the bow again and it's such a great feeling weapon i love the um when you shoot you get a lot of recoil to it so it feels like your shots are so powerful and it's so satisfying to go up against a very large monster that has so many different kind of just irritating mechanics and slaughter it and then turn it into your armor <laughs> yeah I can see uh, that. yeah in the beginning there a lot of the monsters are very simple Later on, you get into some ridiculous monsters where, like, the, I can't, I can't remember his name, is like Bezelgeist or Bezelgeist or something like that, but he's a big dragon that drops bombs, and it will literally blow up an entire arena. <laughs> it's crazy! And uh, get, when you get into big monster turf wars, it's really interesting, but I think what I love about Monster Hunter World is just the freedom that it gives you. It gives you, every weapon has a different playstyle to it. Every um, It has so many different items and things to explore and figure out. And I guess some people 
I mean, definitely there are people who hate exploring. I love exploring. So when I find out different kind of um, mixtures that make different kind of potions and stuff, I think that's really fascinating. And uh, I like getting different kind of rare items off monsters and finding out what kind of uh, items it unlocks in the like armor and uh, pendants and decorations. And there's so many different kinds of things that you can equip in different ways to build your character and unlocking different materials and or uh, ingredients in the canteen and making um, customizing your own meal so that you can customize all of the different kind of buffs that you get. And uh, yeah, all, all of that, just I love I man, I love Monster Hunter World. <laughs> it's uh, I I haven't had any issues with the combat. I definitely know some people have had issues with it. There is a lock on system. I don't use it because I find that it's easier to use the bow without the lock on system. And you're using um, a bow. Oh yeah, yeah. Come I on, Mandy. Really? I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> I think the one weapon that I did not like was the dual blades because that definitely does feel very floaty and it's hard to control where you're going. Um, so I don't recommend using dual blades. But I think the easiest weapon that people like to use is uh, sword and board or sword and shield. Um, I think that's the easiest one to use, and the it's very consistent with a lot of other game series, where it's you get like a a block and an attack, so it's easier. Like so, if you see an in, a, an attack coming incoming, um, a lot of people have issues trying to get around the dodge system, where with the board or the shield, it's very easy to just put up your shield and block it. Uh, but it's definitely a game that requires a lot of time put into it. And you're definitely going to be spending a lot of time hunting because it's like an MMO with just boss fights. And it's a lot of fun teaming up with your friends and taking down monsters together. And you can get into random hunts with people. And I think that's uh, one big thing that Monster Hunter World has over any of the other Monster Hunter games is just being able to get into a random uh fight with a bunch of random people who take on a monster together and uh it's it encourages large groups but also it's not I, i've been playing it solo and it's not hard because the monster scales depending on how many people are in the group so uh definitely if you play mmos it'll feel very familiar and um yeah all right well Little blast of the past with the Monster Hunter world. I gotta stop us here, guys. We're running a little, <clears throat> a little long, but um, hopefully everybody enjoyed getting a little taste of a, a whole bunch of games today. So, thanks for carrying the, the load, guys. As I sh I'm sure not not too many people are interested in are interested in mountain stories and tales of lost car keys. <laughs> so, <laughs> I liked it. I liked so, it. Although it was pretty intense in the moment. So. All right, guys, we're going to jump over to our main podcast. Thanks for listening, and, of course, thanks for contributing to us. And we hope you continue to enjoy Hobby Addicts, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Have a good Bye. one. Bye.